Gentlemen, welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bath film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, that's Mo Pawn. Yeah. yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly, bow, 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 number bow, one super bow, guy. Bow, bow, bow. Do you feel a little rusty, Mo? Uh, yeah, that felt a little weird. Yeah, I, it, it sounded a little weird, as well, if you were you know, remembering what you had to say as you were I, saying it. You're, you're going to laugh. I was sitting awake last night because sleeping is pure hell for me, and um, as I'm laying awake at night in my insomniac nightmare... And uh, trying to remember, do I start with good evening, ladies and gentlemen, on this show? Or do I just say, this is no... Like, I couldn't fucking remember. Like, I literally almost looked it up on my phone just to see what the hell I said. The boys are back in town. I know, it's been it's been like almost two months, you know? It has actually been it's a been little ju- over been, two months. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's been just just about, yeah, if not a little over. Because, Mo, this is number episode number 92 of No Budget Nightmares, the podcast about micro-budget cinema. I think the world's greatest podcast about that subject, actually. <laughs> are, are there others? Oh, I mean, there, I, there gotta, are. Yeah, there's lots say, of there's others. There's got to be others. But we got in there early, and, you know, honestly, longevity is almost as good as quality. Yeah, yeah, right. If you stick around long enough, you become the best. That's exactly right. And that's <laughs> we're going to be here post-apocalyptic, which, by the way, should be hitting about six months from now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, at, at this point, I'm just sticking around with the show just for spite, you know? Mm-hmm. Sort of, everybody said I couldn't do it. I'm just going to stick around. <laughs> so what we're referring to here is that there's been a long gap since the most recent episode, our, right. our, our monstered episode from oh, February yeah, right, right. of 2017. Yeah, that is the last episode we did. Yeah. Uh, and what's the reason for that, Mo? Well, because uh, this guy right here picked up and moved about 1,300 miles away from, from where I was. So. Now, yeah, I'm glad that you, you said this guy as if we're all supposed to know that you were referring to this you. This guy. But- I, you, you, come on. I imagine that everybody out there knows that, that I'm sitting here with both my thumbs pointed at myself, you know? Also, everyone, long-time listeners probably know that I would probably cut out my own liver rather than move to the United States of America. Yeah. Well, especially especially now. Well, right? yes, certainly now, but even before, yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, what? eight years ago, it probably wouldn't have been too bad. Really? No. Five <laughs> years ago, probably wouldn't have been too bad. As you could probably tell, since our last episode, I've become radicalized. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a Muslim jihadi now. Well... I just go where the wind takes me. That's what I'm trying sure, to say. Sure, sure, sure. Now, I, I, by the way, I got your email. You got to call the fatwa off. Seriously. <laughs> I do what I want. Uh, I do what Mo, I want. I, I, I don't want you to take all the responsibility for the long gap since our most recent episode. Um, yeah. there, I've been going through some oh, my own personal uh, drama. Nothing that's too serious, thankfully. 
uh, that has kind of yeah. delayed things slightly as well. But you are settled. You're in the the great state of Florida. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm settled. I am here. Mm. You know, uh, because if I was settled, I wouldn't be recording from my mother's crafts room. But um, yeah, it's I'm I'm you know I'm here. I'm queer. We don't want any more bears. I know? think what everyone wants to know, Mo, is what sort of crafting does your mother do? <laughs> she makes uh, jewelry. Jewelry. Yeah. And what little, sort of jewelry? Just a little descriptive terms. Uh, no, I'm not. Okay. No, just beans right, let's... And, and bullshit. You know, it's 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 what she does for fun. Mo, and I fun. do have to say, I'm very pleased that we're returning. I mean, I'm pleased that we're back and people can listen to us. People have been clamoring. Yeah. Someone even wrote on our Facebook group that, that they were sad that there was never going to be another episode. And I was like, ha ha, you're wrong, fucker. <laughs> Where did they get the idea that there was never going to be another episode? Well, two months is a long fucking time, actually. Yeah, but, but but we've been down longer than that. Yeah, we. well, I've been down since technically 2003. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, so probably, uh, pro- probably, yeah, it's about, about the same for me. That's about when I got married. <laughs> well, I started That's well when before. the depression started. That's right. Well, you got me beat on that, I think. Um, but, but I think, you know, some people were starting to be concerned that that no budget nightmares was a uh, uh, an X podcast, but no, we're back. We got to hit one hundred phone thing. We're only a few yeah, right, away. Exactly. Come on, you know. <laughs> we are gonna fucking crawl across that finish line. Yeah, you know, you know, like any other any other podcast who uh, you know generally puts some puts shows out on a weekly basis would have hit the the hundred show mark in less than two years. We're pushing how many now? <laughs> Like it's it's actually kind of funny because I think we started in something like 2011, which is yeah. when you think about it, a really long time ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like we've been we've been doing this for like something like six years. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can't. I'm not very good at math, but I guess that's right. Um, yeah, that's about right. But I do have to say, I'm very happy that we're coming back with with such a stellar motion picture to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the word I would use. It's very exciting. Uh, you know it's going to be good when you announce the movie that you're going to be watching and everyone's like, ooh, good luck. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like I was actually uh, – because uh, I watched the movie yesterday – <laughs> and and and, uh, and and I was telling my mother because I'm like again I'm at my mother's house right now. I was telling my mother that when we posted that we were going to do this movie, that everybody was like, "Ooh, ooh, that's not a good one." <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, the joke's on them because <laughs> it's did it anyway. Well, we did it. Of course. Well, honestly, we see that we 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 hear that and we think of it as a challenge and. We can't. Yeah, that's, neither Mo or myself can really turn down a challenge. It's like calling Marty McFly a chicken, you know. We exactly. Like, yeah, you know, we're we're gonna race needles, and we're going to get into a car accident and ruin our lives. We are Marty McFly. You <laughs> listeners are flee from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, as per usual. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yes, so we we are here, Mo, to talk about 1989's Heavy Metal Massacre. Directed by Stephen DeFalco and Ron Ottaviano. Ottaviano. Stephen DeFalco? Steve. Well, here's the thing. There's a really confusing history uh, with Heavy Metal Massacre because there's there's some pseudonyms involved here. Ah. Okay. Because uh, for I'm, I'm sure a lot of listeners already know this. The lead actor in Heavy Metal Massacre is Bobby mm-hmm. Young, but Bobby Young is actually. Actor, director, writer David DeFalco, 
who uh, is also the writer of the film, and I believe is actually the director as well. Um, though, I have to be honest, just a little bit, like, earlier today, I was thinking about how hilarious it was to think of David DeFalco wearing his getup in this movie, but also <laughs> behind the camera, like, directing people. Right, right. <laughs> yelling yelling off, uh, you know, off camera for somebody to grab him a Diet Coke. Give me a fucking Diet Coke over here. Give me a, give me a Diet Coke over there. Yeah, I'm a metal guy. Um, <laughs> Mo, do you know anything about David DeFalco? I, I think the realistic answer to that question is no. Well, you know, he, he's actually most well-known for a film that is not Heavy Metal Massacre. Okay. He made a film in well. 2005 with uh, with the son of Sylvester Stallone in it, um, whose name escapes me at the moment. You must know it. It was like Sage? Sage Stallone, that's right, from Rocky V. God, why uh, do I know that? Well, Sage... Who is now dead. He has passed away, sadly. He's and no he was, uh, I believe he was one of the founders of Grindhouse Releasing. Uh, did oh, a lot oh. for genre cinema, actually. But Sage Stallone was in this film called Chaos in 2005, which was an unofficial remake of Last House on the Left. Okay. And this movie is not a good movie. Uh, and it there was notoriously a review for that movie by Roger Ebert, where he very, very, very much did not like this movie. Yeah, I didn't actually read that review because mm-hmm. you sent me the link, and uh, I didn't read it. But I did like the the preview thing a- alone was just just angry, and yeah. I I, I kind of thought that was great. Oh, Ebert got fucking pissed at this movie, but David DeFalco responded to him, and they got into a bit of a dust up, not physically, <laughs> but like they were really really angry. And David DeFalco was recording videos and things like that. And uh, David DeFalco, by the way, the lead in this later became a pro wrestler. And uh, and then he is still rather buff and also seems to be very angry. But there's a, a video that you can find of David Tafalco uh, touring a um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know. Like an, a, an autopsy room. Oh, okay. If you look it up online, you look up David DeFalco and autopsy, you can find a video of him like going through this autopsy room. Uh, huh. It's it's not on YouTube. Apparently, it's rather I don't know extreme. It gives you a warning when you look at the video online. I didn't actually check it all out, but um, this this well, is is he there for like an actual autopsy? I don't know. I don't oh, think have, so. I think he's just have doing. You not like, watched it? No, I haven't watched it. I, I, oh, okay. I've done slightly more research than you, Mo. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, any is more than me. <laughs> but uh, but this gentleman is rather notorious. He also directed a movie, by the way, that stars. Rob Van Dam and Dave Bautista. Ooh. The pro wrestler. Is, w- is it a WWE feature? I don't think. I think it might be before WWE Studios existed, but it also uh-huh. has uh, the man of the hour, Ja Rule, in it. <laughs> yeah, he's topical right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. Anyone listening to this episode like two weeks down the line or a month down the line will be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Who cares yeah, about right, Ja right. Rule? But if you're but if you listen to this on Monday, it'll still be fresh in your uh in your cranium. But back in nineteen eighty nine, David DeFalco had a dream. He wanted to make a horror film centered around the uh the heavy metal scene of I guess Long Island is where this was made, Mo. Of course it was. And so that's what he did. Here's the thing about heavy metal mo, I gotta be honest with you, in terms of genres of music, it's one of the ones I least enjoy. Well, it's my problem with with this is that 
it is such a wide and varied genre. That's true. That there that there are you know niche sub genres within the realm of heavy metal that I really love. Right. And then there are others that I fucking despise. So it's like you know the stuff that's playing in this not so great. And it's also a, a movie that's very much about the scene that right. existed around heavy metal in in the late '80s. And what's really kind of comical about that scene is that it burned out so quickly, right? Oh, yeah. Like, like yeah. two years after this movie came out, everybody that's in it looked like a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. They were all they, they all br- you know brushed their hair down and and were wearing flannels and listening to Nirvana and and claiming that this stage of their life never happened. Yes, exactly. Which is. A, Pretty much what David DeFalco has done. He has completely sure. changed his image, as you can probably imagine. Now, for those who haven't seen this movie, Mo, and really have no idea of what it's really all about, describe what David DeFalco looks like in this movie. All right. Well, I will, uh-huh. use, I will use one of my notes from the film uh-huh. to describe what David DeFalco looks like. Uh, and I quote, Slideshow of metal, quote-unquote, babe in various poses with various backgrounds, dot, Hmm. dot, dot. Or is that a dude? He had, like, so imagine, like, late 80s Lita Ford, Mm -hmm. you know, big hair, metal studs, leather, uh, you know, tight clothes, pants, that sort of thing, Uh, blonde, Way too much makeup. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, a fairly attractive woman, not a great looking dude. It's <laughs> like, I want to be very careful how we describe <laughs> David yeah, DeFalco. No, no, not... no, no, you were, you, you were perfectly reasonable. I had only, yeah. before seeing this movie just recently, I had only ever seen the VHS cover and, and the recent release cover from uh, Bleeding Skull. And sure. I thought the film was about a heavy metal chick, let's say. Sure. Uh, yeah, killing people. That's completely reasonable. Uh, and and when I watched the film, I was actually somewhat surprised to discover that the lead was male. Now, we live in a pretty amazing time where uh, people are finally realizing that there's a whole spectrum of genders. And, right. uh, and, and I'm glad to be living in a more enlightened period of time. So I don't Absolutely. want anyone to interpret what I'm saying as if I'm like, you know, th- th- there's a, a that he's that I'm accusing someone of of trying to be a woman in this uh, as opposed to um, just looking. No, I think, honestly, I think anybody, I mean, granted, this is probably not the majority of our, actually, maybe it is. Um, I think there's enough people out there who were alive in this era that understand exactly what we're saying. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. again, it was certainly in fashion. And and and, yeah. uh, and, and honestly, it, it, even if it's not in fashion now, there's certainly a lot of people who, uh, like to blur those lines between what is uh, right. traditional male or female garb. There's but, literally nothing wrong with androgyny. It's fine. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and in fact, uh, let's 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 celebrate it. However, I want to make it very clear. I thought that David DeFalco was a woman. Well, as my notes state, so did I. <laughs> and I'd only jerked off like three times before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that just peaked the mic. <laughs> No Budget Nightmares is back, baby. <laughs> no pop filter this time, baby. So, Mo, Heavy Metal Massacre, it warns the audience as it begins. It makes sure that we are aware that this is not a film for children. 
I love the warning, especially after I was done with the movie and I went back and because the way my my video player on my laptop works is when it finishes, it kind of like shows a screenshot back from the beginning of the film. Right. So as soon as I was done with it, the warning popped back up again. And uh, and so I read through the warning again and I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> There's like almost nothing in this movie that's like that, like I wouldn't let my 13 year old nephew watch you know maybe some of the coke use but i mean like (laughs) you know like the like the death scenes there's there's nothing wrong with them there's a little bit of blood here and there there's the one there's the chainsaw scene but that's about it yeah it the warning says not suitable for children certain scenes may be disturbing to some members of the public Uh uh-huh and then we see a gravestone it says valiant international pictures presents (laughs) And we I see- love, I, just for the record, that picture, that shoddy ass picture of a tombstone, <laughs> probably my favorite shot in the entire <laughs> film. Well, we get we get heavy metal right away, Mo. And now, now Mo, oh, yeah. who, who you mentioned earlier that that because heavy metal is such an eclectic genre that yeah. uh, that there's there's parts of it that you like and parts that you don't like, and I think that's mm-hmm. true for almost any wide genres like that. But what are some sure, heavy yeah. metal uh, musicians that you care for? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a hard question. I mean, I listen to a lot of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this is your cred you know. moment now, Mo. Yeah, this is my cred <laughs> moment. So, I mean, like, so, like, I like weird, like, folk Viking metal, like, Ensafirum. I think they're great. Or, like, uh, from from your land of, of the Great White North, I love Three Inches of Blood. Um, you know, there's, there's I mean, it's too much. It's really too much to even contemplate naming a million of them. Well, actually, let's I make listen it... To, I listen to a lot of, like, Swedish and Norwegian metal, but not, like, the black metal stuff. That gets a little too... Uh, church burning. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with the church burning. I'm just... Uh, the vocals just drive me nuts. Then name a metal band that you don't care for. Oh, well, let's see. Just off the top of my head, you know, there is this band called The Electric Afterburner Band. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in luck. They do the soundtrack to the movie <laughs> Heavy Metal Massacre from 1989. Hot dog! <laughs> <laughs> and I highly suspect that David DeFalco is one of the members of that band. Yeah, they're no... They're no no uh, Enoki and Key. They're I, no Enoki and Key. <laughs> they are not Enoki and Key. That, let's make and that I'm, very and like, clear. And I, and I, I want to make this 100, 100, uh, like abundantly clear as well. I actually like Anoki and yeah like you know despite you know i know i sound like i'm like pandering to todd but i'm not i really do like Anoki and key prehistoric bimbo right yeah it's fun it's super fun (laughs) well uh as after the valiant international pictures presents comes up on the screen we are introduced to david defalco in his full heavy metal murderer (laughs) gear now yeah how do you refer in your notes mo to this character I literally don't. I don't even know what his name is. Yeah, we don't. We don't get a name. And I know yeah, I, again, people are tired of us complaining about that. But literally, on the Internet Movie Database, the the profile for this movie only has David DeFalco credited. So and and only and does not say what the character's name is. So I just have him down as the heavy metal killer. Yeah, I just call him the killer throughout throughout my notes. He, what a fucking ridiculous! I like look. I don't care if people are are annoyed at us constantly complaining about this. It's something that's complaint worthy. You can't have a major character in a film and not give him a name. You know, he talks a handful of times in the movie. I mean, of course, nobody in the movie talks more than a handful of times, but he talks a handful of times in the movie. And 
never once thinks to say, hey, you know, I'm Bob, you know, or whatever Boy, the fuck is. Oh, I'm Bob. Yeah. Wait, that, that's oh, not a Long Island accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm Bob. Little, you want some drugs? That's Pudley in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's go back Bob. to my. Let's go back to my apartment. We'll do some drugs. Yeah, right. Yeah, you want to do some lines? You know. <laughs> so we we see David DeFalco in a mesh belly shirt uh, in oh front of God, a velvet yes. painting of a tiger. And uh, if that does not want, make you want to check out this movie, <laughs> then you are the wrong audience for No Budget Nightmares. Exactly. Uh, we uh, the first four minutes of this movie are interminable, <laughs> as they yeah. are just a slow pan across a living room, or uh, more uh, more accurately, the art on the walls of a living room. Right. What are some of the things on the walls here, Mo? Uh, I don't even fucking remember. There, I know that there's there's like a weird, almost like blacklight poster seeming thing of uh, like a demon face or something to that effect. Um, I imagine there's band posters. I'm trying to think. There, there really isn't. Ones. There really isn't band posters that, that are visible in this opening. We do see a Fuck. picture of a skull with wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a skeleton riding a motorcycle with one of those pointy Nazi helmets on the top. Fuck, there's, there's one poster or picture in that room, and I fucking can't remember what it is, that is so out of place. Is it the skeleton with a cowboy hat and it has, like, Confederate no, flags no, behind it? No, no, no. <laughs> That is funny, though. <laughs> well, there's also, there's two axes, like, actual physical axes, not, yeah, like, guitars. One, that, one of them, that one of them really looks like it's made out of, like, tinfoil. <laughs> well, they're they're mounted on the wall, and in between oh, them is boy, a big Harley Davidson poster. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That guy is confused about his scene, I think. <laughs> he, really, he really is. He really is. But the other thing that's notable about this slow pan across its room is uh, that... There is a video effect included where every couple Constant. of seconds. <laughs> every the couple of seconds. fucking movie, man. Like this this movie was was edited on the fucking video bay that I did my final project for video production class in 1998. Like, my God, the pans and the wipes and the digital dissolves. Fuck. <laughs> it literally uses every effect on the board. Yeah. Uh, to irritating effect, oh, uh, so to speak, uh, yeah. all throughout it. So every time something happens or there's a transition between scenes, there's going to be some sort of stupid video effect that makes <laughs> it look like it's a... It, it's, Can I it, just state for the record which one my... Because I, I know I'm jumping the gun here, but I want to talk about which one my favorite one I already was. know which one it is. It's when the weird, weird stupid, fake blood runs down the top <laughs> of the screen. Nailed it. <laughs> How could it be anything but that? But How during could it be anything but that. But during this sequence, all it does is the image flashes <laughs> negative for a couple of frames, uh, yeah. so everything goes kind of bright white as it's going across this room. And um, I sometimes worry that I actually might be epileptic. Epileptic. <clears throat> I sometimes <laughs> well, worry. I was going to say you'd know by the time you were done with this movie. I sometimes worry I'm slightly epileptic. If you can be slightly epileptic, but uh-huh. this almost triggered something for me. I'd imagine. It's irritating, Mo. It's very, it's, very irritating. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I so I, I made this rule for myself. Like, if I knew going into the film that it was going to be bad, that I would do it in half-hour spurts, basically. Um, but the, the, the funny thing about this movie is that I was watching the film mm-hmm. and, like, okay, this is how little things happen in this movie. 
I watched the movie and we're going we're going behind the scenes here, trade secrets. <laughs> I was watching this movie on double speed. He had two months to watch it. No, don't forget I, that. <laughs> I had two months to watch it. I, I and I had that whole day to watch it too. I had nothing else planned. I had nothing else to do. I had no real distractions, you know. <laughs> but I'm but I'm I'm so bored. I'm watching it on double speed, taking notes live, which I never do. I am constantly pausing whatever movie it is to to, to take my notes. I am taking notes live on double speed, and still had to stop every half hour because it was killing me. Well, so that's really every fifteen minutes. I was taking <laughs> I was taking a break. I, I I think sometimes of of the movies that we watch for no budget nightmares as all day movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like an all day sucker, are. right? It's just like let's just dip in for ten minutes. Okay, that's enough. I'll I'll get back to that a little bit later. <laughs> going going back to episode one, do you remember how long I said it took me to watch hip hop locos? locos? No. Well, I do it. Well, and I might be wrong, but I I think I remember it saying saying it took me four hours to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I think that movie's only like an hour long too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. It took me four times the total length of the film to get through it, and I feel like this took me like six. <laughs> well, uh, while this opening sequence is occurring, we also get to hear the film's theme song. Uh, let's get a little taste. Of yeah, that. we really need to introduce the the world to the Electric Afterburner band. Let's hear it. Metal Massacre. <laughs> no, let me, I'll just cut that off. Mo, does that sound like your your beloved uh, black metal? Um, if you sped it up twelve times and replaced the drums with a microphone in a fan, maybe. So, are you saying you're not a fan of of this theme song? No, all right. I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of any of the music in this movie. Oh, it's it's pretty fucking bad. So after uh, we get this intro, uh, by the way, one other effect that happens is where the image suddenly uh, duplicates itself like a thousand times on the screen, so everything's just a big bunch of blocks. Yeah, yeah. I it, kept expecting star wipes. I was honestly <laughs> expecting at least one star wipe. I it didn't happen. It's the it's the one transition on that board that he didn't use. <laughs> Well, uh, then it cuts to our heavy metal killer standing next to a brick wall. Yeah. <laughs> and I love this part so much, I turned it into an animated GIF as the camera just slowly <laughs> zooms into his face. He looks go. directly into the camera with all of his mascara on. Like, I think he's supposed to be, like, intimidating. And he looks like the biggest fucking fool on the planet. Oh, yeah. And then... Just to, like the cherry on top is that then the the image fr- freezes and they put like uh, a, a kind of cartoonish filter on it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's supposed to be like the hero moment. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll never forget this face, and you know what? I never will, but not for the reasons they intended. <laughs> well, so so that terrible song pumps in at about the four minute mark. Uh, and then, like you said, this starts to happen. What uh-huh. you failed to mention, what you failed to mention is, is, is as this happens, that's when the opening credits start. Yes. Opening credits are still going six minutes into this movie. Uh-huh. And that's uh-huh. where it says, directed by Bobby Young, 
who, of course, is actually David DeFalco. But it also says written by David DeFalco. So he just didn't want to have he look, he, he no ego here. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't want to take too much credit for the making of this movie. Not me, man. Whenever I do anything, it's it's you know I just do the, like one of the like one of those giant things, you know, written, directed, produced, you know, like lighting, editing, sound it, by Moporn. <laughs> <laughs> Edited by Moporn. Props by yeah. Moporn. <laughs> uh, Location scouting by Moporn. So then the movie proper starts, Mo, and it starts just like you would expect in a police station. <laughs> oh yeah, where we have our two lead cop characters. Mm-hmm. What are their names, Mo? I don't know. One of them is named Bruno. I do know. I that. know that much because that's in an audio clip. So I know that one. He's Bruno. He's got a beard. Uh, the other guy is like, let's call him the chief. So it's the chief and Bruno, and they're uh, they're investigating that like, a, like another early morning, you know, uh, <laughs> morning zoo crew. You know, Bruno <laughs> and the chief. Bruno and the chief in the morning <laughs> on W. What is it? P I G. Fucking what is it called? Hog. <laughs> w H O G. The hog. The hog. Get in the mud. Honk honk. Anyway. Um, so yeah, Bruno and the chief are talking about. A recent string of prostitute murders that have been taking place in right. in this city, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're they're trying to like work out what the connections are between them, but they're stuck. They just don't know what's happening. So yeah, that, I like the fact that they don't notice that all of them take place in this one neighborhood. I I, I like to think that they be like, wow, you know, the last time they were all seen was in some shitty old heavy metal club downtown. <laughs> they, yeah, maybe apparently they all left with some bleach blonde idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure i'm sure it's unrelated <laughs> let's go talk to rico yes so they decide they need to talk to rico we don't know who that is yet it's probably the character from starship troopers but we don't know uh but uh but the, the chief the chief does say this and do me a favor bruno i want you to pull all the files on unsolved homicides on young women in the last six months <laughs> within a 50 mile radius of this city why I mean, what, what do you what do you got in mind? Well, let's see if there's any similarities, anything at all. Apparently, this guy knows how to cover his tracks. Yeah, well, he's just been fucking lucky. Oh, Bruno, you got a rough edge. You don't play by the rules. <laughs> you any you young women? <laughs> um, any. He went all Stallone on it. Hey, hey, hey! hey. Plenty uh, files on young women here. I'm just going to say it. These two guys are not that bad. They're pretty good. They're the best thing about the movie. Probably. <laughs> well, it depends on what you mean by best. You know, um, acting wise, friend of the show, Josh Johnson, the director of the documentary Rewind This, he likes to say that he was thoroughly entertained by Heavy Metal Massacre. See, here's the thing. I feel like if I was watching this not for the show, uh -huh. I probably would have been completely entertained by this. That said, there are lengthy periods of time where fuck all happens. Oh, yeah. No, no. I would have been ready with that fast forward button. We then cut to the king, Mo, the king of rock and roll himself, Elvis Presley. <laughs> he's on the cover of a record album. Uh huh. He's the most, you know, he's the originator of heavy metal, if you ask me. Sure. Sure he is. I mean, personally, then, I think it was I think it was Pat Boone. But, you know. Well, of course. Yeah. Smoke on the water. Um, the fire in the eye. <laughs> And then someone is cutting cocaine on this album cover. Yeah. It's like a statement. It's like, this isn't your daddy's rock and roll. This is modern heavy metal music that we do cocaine with. 
Mm-hmm. So this woman, we don't know who she is, <laughs> but she does have a roommate, and her name is Shauna. And Shauna uh, has a horrible voice. <laughs> Actually, they both have really terrible voices. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Shauna is very upset about the fact that her roommate is doing cocaine. She kind of wants her to clean up her act and, um, you know, uh, be uh, be like the person that she used to be, I guess. As you do. As you do. But the roommate's response is this. You know, it's not easy, Shauna. It's a bitch. I know how hot it is. I was there once. <laughs> I but know got how hot it open is. open up and let me try to help you. Average bomb remembers how hot it it's is. It's the only way we can beat this thing. <laughs> Oh, those accents, those fucking Long Island accents are ridiculous. I know how hot it is. <laughs> so uh, Shauna basically says that she's going to move out if uh, her roommate doesn't uh, clean up. And the weird thing about this sequence is that this movie is about 84 minutes long. We don't go yeah. back to these characters for like another hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like then in we my get... notes later, I, I didn't even bother to look to go back and look what their names were. <laughs> like I just started calling them Rumi number one and Rumi number two because like I'm just like I don't rem- I like I don't remember what your fucking name is. Yeah, doesn't matter. And I'm not and I'm not going back in my fucking notes. Fuck that. That's right. <laughs> Why make effort? That's what I always say. Fight the power. That's right. Mo... Smash the patriarchy. <laughs> Mo constantly fighting the power here on No Budget Nightmare. <laughs> I'm fighting consciousness most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> then. Then we cut to an alleyway, Mo. An alley. One of my favorite places. Uh, and this is where the cops are... Uh, well, first we're introduced to... Yeah, Re- I need you to tell me what happens in this scene because the audio in this scene is so bad that I did not understand a single word that any character yeah, said for the entire The audio scene. here is fucking awful. And it awful. goes... It's not bad throughout the entire movie, but most of the movie it is. Yeah. But here is probably the worst. So it's a pimp, and he's talking to a young woman... And it's hard to know what they're saying, but she obviously wants to work for her, him or, or is working for him, something like yeah. that. Then our two cop friends, uh, they enter the alley and the woman leaves. And we are then it's confirmed that this gentleman is Rico. And uh, they show Rico a picture of uh, one of the recently uh, murdered prostitutes. And he goes, I ain't seen them. And then they, they do what cops do in movies and television shows and in real life and threaten him. <laughs> And this is how that goes. Look, old man, you got no warrant. I go to a place. You sure about that? I'm standing there, aren't I? Oh, fuck you doing? <laughs> oh! <laughs> so you get a real sense of it. By the way, that's the most audible of all the dialogue that takes place here. Yeah. It's not a good movie is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and, and honestly, if you didn't write down what they said for me, I still wouldn't have known. Look, like, man, I the, if you got I no warrant, I ain't going no place. Yeah, like, I got, I caught that line, and I caught the, fuck you doing, man? You know, but other than that, man, I have no fucking clue. Before <laughs> like, they I'm, leave. I'm doing, I'm doing context, you know, uh, <laughs> assumptions here. Before they leave, one of the police officers says, the whore is dead, and you're the prime suspect, which is... Aggressive and slut shaming and and really just kind of a mean thing to say. Yeah. Also, why is he the prime suspect? I guess he does. They suspect he's the only pimp in town. I guess. Yeah, because you know they're not in Long Island in then, the eighties. Then Mo, remember at the beginning of the movie where it did that slow pan across the room? <laughs> yes. It does it again. It fucking does it again. We're like ten minutes. Like I think we're thirteen minutes in, and it does it again. The um. 
the song that's playing over this slow pan has some fucking fantastic lyrics. Slow pan is actually my favorite uh, character from Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> I was kind of waiting for that. One. Uh, so, so this, so the song here has a line that says, "I need a real lover. I get lost in love with my lover." <laughs> Damn, that's metal. That is that is metal as fuck. <laughs> so our heavy metal kel- killer enters the room, and now it's really established. Uh, the the pan across the room that we see with all the shit on the walls. This is the living room of our heavy metal killer, and he must live in like a fucking mansion or something, because, or what I should say, he lives in a small room with a garage attached. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I I think I feel like they're trying they they try to make it out like he lives in like a warehouse. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, or like like a, like a I can't even think of what the term is, but well, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So. He, when he enters the room, by the way, they, they do this mirror effect, like a kaleidoscope almost, and it is fucking idiotic. And yeah. then a woman is in the room, and she, uh, she's she been brought here, I guess, by the heavy metal guy. She says that the place is creepy, and then he he awkwardly hands her a match so she can light some candles. And our heavy metal killer offers to give her a tour of his place. Yeah. So he takes like a candelabra to light the way. <laughs> This is the first of many tours of his place. So you you were saying it's like a warehouse, Mo. So they they leave the room and they enter what is obviously a different location, most likely at Mm -hmm. the very least, uh, that is decorated with what? Pallets. Pallets. Big wooden pallets. Yeah, and or do they go? Or do they go to the car room first? They go to the car room first because so he also has like abandoned cars with like pieces removed from them. Yeah, because that's metal as fuck. Yeah, I mean, literally, they're made of metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's true. <laughs> and they're heavy, so come on. <laughs> that's so, husband, man. So she's like going through the room with this abandoned car, in it, and she just sits in the fucking driver's seat. <laughs> she goes, where did you get these cars anyway? And he's like, eh, come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just completely ignores her. And I, there's this great moment where she tells him that his house is creepy. So, like, like so, like, in my mind, because, like, again, I had never seen this before. Uh, I didn't know about the promotional material or anything like that. So I didn't know who the killer was supposed sure. to be. Even with all the bullshit at the beginning. Because, like, like I, again, I just thought it was some weird slideshow of some metal babe, you know? And uh, so in my notes, I'm like, well, the woman tells him his house is creepy. So I'm guessing this is the killer. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> yeah. And and, uh, and I, like and I don't know if it's just my perverted sensibilities Probably. or 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 if it's if this was meant to go this way. But I feel like he makes a pun about his dick. Oh, does he? Yeah, because she talks about he he asks her if he wants to see the house and she goes, yeah, you know, and he says, you want to see how big it is? Oh, I see that probably is referring to his dick i I don't know though because the line delivery is terrible so i don't know if it's if it's intentionally perverted or hey my mind you want to see my dick yeah he might as well have just said that so there's a big wooden pallet leaned up against a wall and she goes what do you use this room for and he goes i want to chain you up (laughs) oh i'm gonna uh that 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 accent is going to get old real, real quick. <laughs> so, I'm going to fucking chain you to a fucking wall. I, I feel Teddy like fucking listen- ballgame. I know. I feel like I feel like I'm listening to a fucking Ramones documentary here. <laughs> so so oh, there- pizza, I want some. <laughs> Let's eat. <laughs> Let's eat. Uh, so there's there's 
this pallet has chains uh, attached to it. So he wants to chain her up to it. She is reveals at this point that she's a prostitute, which we probably already were guessing. And she says that uh, it'll cost him triple. He takes out a wallet because I know I don't know how he gets money. By the way, yeah, <laughs> maybe he has a day job. But he uh, he takes out a wallet and th- gives her the money, which she puts in her shoe. Then he she As strips do. herself down to her underwear, mm-hmm. and he handcuffs her to this big wooden pallet. Well, she starts trying to strip down more, and he stops her. Yes, because gross, yeah, he's, right? He's like, he's like, he's like, that's enough. There's, <laughs> I don't want to see any fucking more. Uh, I don't want to see any fucking more. It, there's no nudity in this movie, if I remember None. correctly, which is None. interesting. I mean, that is, yeah. there is a lot of like underwear. <laughs> there is one. Anyway, we'll get to this a little bit later. <laughs> so he ties up her legs as well. And uh, then he, he, in slow, like super fucking slow motion, he rubs her leg. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, ooh, motion. this is a bad guy. Oh my god, the slow motion in this movie is unfucking bearable. It's total Garth uh, Marenghi's dark place where they're <laughs> yeah, 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 just way over the top, but not nearly as funny. <laughs> and, uh, and and yeah, they're they're like and like I and remember, I said I watched this movie in double speed, and it was fucking slow on that. Uh, this slow motion part. So it it in slow motion, he grabs a gigantic hammer. Yeah, he turns into the heavy metal Gallagher. That's right. And he hits her in the stomach and then over the head. Now, this, like, seven to ten second long sequence, it lasts for, like, 45 seconds because it's in super slow motion. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, 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 it yeah. is unbelievably lame and ridiculous. <laughs> and, by the way, as soon as he hits her, the screen goes negative again using that stupid effect. <laughs> yeah. And but you don't really see anything, by the way. and uh, But we do see blood dripping on the floor while a guitar riff plays on the soundtrack and I have in my notes Wild Stallion. (laughs) So it's firmly established that this heavy metal killer is a bad guy who likes to use a big old hammer for reasons that are undetermined. Yeah. Then we go back to the street at night uh, where the cops are walking uh, though they are just barely visible. It's so fucking dark. Yeah, my lighting, my lighting, my notes literally say the lighting is so fucking bad. Yeah. It's so bad. There's a lot of really well, terrible. I guess, and I guess, I don't know if, if this was true or not, but somebody had commented, I had made a comment about how bad the lighting was, and somebody had said that they were using the, uh, what is it, the Dogma 95 Oh, so, <laughs> I don't think that existed in 1989. Uh, well, since it's 95, I assume not. It's still funny. It's, it was a funny comment. I, I it's a very funny comment. Just natural. Like, also, I don't think you're allowed to use uh, uh, music digital. on the soundtrack in those movies. <laughs> uh, or, or digital fucking dissolve effects. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> very naturalistic, this heavy metal massacre. Um <laughs> Uh, so the cops is right. The cops are interrogating Rico, uh, and he says he wants to talk to a lawyer. But uh, but Bruno says, you know, if we do, we'll slap a murder one on you. Um, and then Rico admits that he hasn't seen the prostitute for a couple of days. By the way, the boom mic arm in this scene is very visible. <laughs> it's yeah, like se- several times, several times in the film, it's very visible. That's right. And uh, so Bruno and the chief. They go off screen, and I mean it. They like just go off screen to have a little conversation that sounds like this. We gotta let this shithead go. But you gonna let this scum back out on the fucking street? I don't like it any more than you, but we got no choice. I, I'm the guy doing my job. You must be the other guy. <laughs> I thought we were playing good cop, bad cop here. <laughs> so they let Rico go. 
And if I remember correctly, uh, we don't ever see him again. Nope. So later, in what I have down as yellow vision, because the screen is tinted yellow, (laughs) a a pair of legs, we see them walking slowly. And I I know I wondered for a second, is it the fiend from Science Crazed come to rescue us from this movie? (laughs) Oh, God, please let it be. (laughs) (laughs) So it's this guy. And this is my favorite character. Just a couple of girls working out, you know. Just just a couple of girls working out and a creature with a wrapped up face. It's a big brick wall. There's a guy standing next to it. He's slightly balding, has uh, slightly bulging eyes. And this character is Ace. And Ace is my favorite character in the movie by a significant amount. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ace is a drug dealer. And uh, he is approached by the metal guy, our, our lead killer. Uh, to buy some drugs. He goes, got the stuff, and he passes a paper bag. This uh, You can tell this is a very metal place because someone has written a, uh, a swastika on the wall in spray paint, yeah. as well as the word pigs. Ooh. Edgy. That's right. They like swastikas. They hate pigs. Makes sense. So uh, the metal guy <laughs> tests the cocaine. Uh, do, doing what he did, he takes a big fucking mouthful. <laughs> 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 Gives the guy some money, and then the ace says... Hey, let me know when you need a refill. And uh, and that's <laughs> yeah, Ace the whole... is basically the Dee Dee Ramon of this film. <laughs> He's fucking amazing. Yeah, so there's a metal bar. I can't remember what it's yeah. called. Is it, what's it called? Like the Nightmare or something? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like a place where people would what, listen to metal. What do you think I paid attention? <laughs> uh, and uh, so it's a metal. It's it, it's weird because it looks just like a regular old bar, like a almost like a Cheers ish bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except it's full of people with big big hair like ridiculously oh, yeah. quaffed amazing late 80s fashions it is quite something oh and pinball machines they have really nice looking pinball machines <laughs> <laughs> and there's just endless footage of people just chatting to each other you can't make out what they're saying they're just chatting by the bar and we see a guy in a white t-shirt and he almost gets in a fight with somebody and i couldn't make out what the fucking dialogue was so i don't know why but i think it's just to establish that this guy in the white shirt he's a jerk mo he's a jerk yeah, I I literally just put it down as one guy threatens another guy. Yeah, one guy threatens another guy. The movie, Heavy Metal Massacre. Pretty much. But our heavy metal killer is also in this bar. He's just hanging out yeah. by a brick wall as he is wont to do. <laughs> His favorite activity. And uh, he is approached, as happens in bars, by a beautiful young woman who says... So, so you get a real good sense of what his accent sounds like there. And again, we're not going to make fun of the accent forever, but I do want to mention that after she says, uh, Hey, I love your hair. Do you do that yourself? He goes, yes, thanks. And then looks directly into the camera. <laughs> yes, thanks. Oh yeah. Uh, so that's all it took. Uh, she is suddenly wants to. She suddenly wants to go home with him. Uh, and I like. It, I like how how half of the you know half of the pickups in this movie are literally just him walking up to a chick, and and next thing you know, she takes her hand and they walk off. The timeless but, art of seduction. <laughs> I'm telling you. Hey, let's just go back to my place. Tight, I guess all it takes is big pants and big hair. You know? <laughs> Tight pants and, being, and big hair. And, yeah, tight hand, tight pants and big. Yeah, as I said, that's more 96 with the big pants. But yeah. <laughs> so they start to leave. Uh, 
And as they leave, that guy in the white shirt, he goes, hey, where are you going? And then he says some very unpleasant things about our lead character. Mm-hmm. Um, words I won't repeat here. But he also says, shut up, you little bitch. <laughs> but they, they start to leave anyway. And as they leave, this guy in the white shirt basically says that he's going to kill uh, our heavy metal killer. Which uh, And he says, you meet me outside at any time tonight because I'm going to rip your fucking head off. But that's unlikely to happen because they're going back to his place. Right. And then we get, Mo, an awful song. Electric Afterburner Band. I don't know. Maybe this is a different one. But let's, 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 <clears throat> let's have a little listen. Baby. Is this Littlefoot? No, it's not Van Halen. It's some other band. (laughs) Fake David Lee Roth there at the fucking beginning. (laughs) I brought my pencil. That's what it reminded me of, like the, that opening thing for Hot for Teacher, you know? I, I know exactly what you're referring to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> by which I mean my dick. Um, <laughs> so uh, while this is happening, of course, there's a very stupid video effect where the screen goes, it looks like vertical blinds on the screen. <laughs> One of the default <laughs> ones in all of your <laughs> free video editing programs. Uh, yeah, and then I, I, my, my notes literally say right here, it said the old school digital video transitions are getting fucking old, as is the movie. Yeah, I mean, it all looks <laughs> like, like a public access TV show. Oh, fucking ridiculous. Back at the Metal Dude's house, he has brought the girl from the bar, and she asks, uh, he asks if she wants a drink, and she asks him to make a rusty nail, Mo. Okay. What, what is in a rusty nail? Uh, well... Should I bring up Google? Because I have no fucking clue. Yeah, do it. Bring up Google. Let's let's let's, let's, let's find out what's in a rusty nail. Well, he very See. very slowly makes it. Maybe he had to look on Google as well. Yeah, he might have. But uh, rust, we, we, rusty nail. We we go very close in. You please let us know what the rusty nail uh, encompasses. Sure, sure. Does it have vermouth? Uh, I think it has drambuie. Drambuie. Yeah, it's like a it's like a Scotch whiskey and lemon. Uh, give me one Scotch whiskey. <laughs> Isn't that what he says in Holy Moly? Sure. I can't. I can't. Remember. It's a long time ago, folks. Um, yeah, it's it's Scotch Drambuie and a twist of lemon peel. Oh, delicious! Anyway, yeah. he adds a, a little something extra to his version of the rusty nail: a drug. <clears throat> Whoa! That's right, a little drug. Which I guess it was more acceptable in the late '80s, but not so much now in the era of Bill Cosby <laughs> and his many many assaults. Um, right. So she drinks the rusty nail, and she says it's a little strong. And he just stands there, doesn't respond at all, like a fucking pole. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, oh, yeah, so this is where she says, by the way, so the bar that they're at, it's called The Dungeon. Ah, The Dungeon. So every time we go back to it from now on, we have to say, we're back at The Dungeon. And we're back in The Dungeon with Bruno she- and the Chief, W-H-O-G, <laughs> the hog. And now here's Nickelback. <laughs> Um, so she gets woozy from this drugging and they do a POV shot of her slowly kind of falling over. And when I say slowly, man, it's slow. She, well, pa- she says, she says something to him that made me laugh really hard. She said she's attracted to him because he's different, <laughs> except he's exactly like every other metal guy from the time period. <laughs> and every other metal guy in that bar, she, he looks yeah, like. Yeah. 
She she likes him because of his big hair. So I don't know why I'm still doing my morning cruise voice. <laughs> so she she passes out. He slowly removes her pants, which is creepy, and yes. then she wakes up. I guess are we supposed to guess that maybe she was molested or raped? I I don't know. Who knows. So, I, I mean, given given the fact that he didn't want the other girl to get naked, I'm assuming not. Yeah, it's um, it's. But why would he have removed her pants? But anyway, so she he wakes has up. A thing for metal underpants. She wakes up and looks around the room. So we get another look at some of the interesting items, including a uh, a fake Venus de Milo statue. <laughs> of course. Uh, uh, also, the uh, Grim Reaper skull that we saw at the beginning, uh, and a stuffed owl. He has a stuffed owl. <laughs> and this is one of those. This is another scene in the film where the lighting is so fucking terrible, except for like one very brief moment yes. where everything's just clear as day. Uh-huh. And then it goes right back to being dark as shit again. I think it's when he was taking your pants off. It's like suddenly the lighting yeah. was really good and then it just goes yeah, back yeah, to yeah. being terrible again. I'm like, oh, okay, well, there's her underpants. Now back to nothing. So she goes into the back room, the the uh, the garage-ish uh, warehouse place, and she finds uh, a table with a sheet over it. And she slowly right. approaches it. And this is supposed to be very tense, but we're like, what could possibly be under there however if you look really close you can already see skin poking out underneath it (laughs) so you can probably guess um so she pulls the blanket back and what's underneath it mo a body a body yeah it's all torn up and nasty yeah she pukes right into it she pukes right on the body (laughs) and then she turns and she sees something that's off camera and starts to scream it might have been more effective if we saw it when she saw it, because then it would be like yeah. a jump scare. But instead, she yeah. just screams at nothing at all. Then it cuts to what she's screaming at, and it's the heavy metal guy. Yeah. So what happens then, Mo? So he comes after her with something. It might be the hammer, or it might be an axe. I think it might be an axe. I, I don't know, but there was a weird bell dinging noise and i couldn't tell if that was in the movie or if that was in the song that was playing could also be in your head don't don't leave that out as a possibility that's true that's true (laughs) i do hear weird voices and sounds and other things in my head but Mm -hmm. i'm thinking it's part of the movie um i don't know i couldn't tell because i couldn't see a fucking thing in the film Uh Mm -hmm. um but yeah he comes after her with something uh, there's all sorts of screaming. He grabs something else too that looked like almost like little cowbells. I don't yeah, know. Well, that's what I was saying. I thought it might have been a bell. Yeah, the, hear like, the dinging. But we know. actually see him grab something that. Yeah. So I. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but yes, this is a, like a stalking scene where she is crouching on the ground. Basically, at, at one point she hides behind a car, and right. then leaves what was pretty a pretty reasonable hiding spot to then just crouch in the middle of the fucking ground. So right. he, she's easily visible. And somehow, despite the fact that she uh, is is hiding, he comes up behind her and, <laughs> and catches her. Sure. He grabs her from behind. Yeah. And he yeah. drags her off and brings her to the torture room and he ties her up. The torture wooden pallet. Chains the her torture up. torture pallet, yeah. She screams forever. <laughs> now, now, here's the thing. He, so he drags something across her stomach. Now, I couldn't tell if he was supposed to be, like, slicing her or oh. if he was just drawing a line. Uh, That's a good question. I'm actually not. If it's if it's supposed to be slicing her, it's very uh, terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, the lighting is pure shit. So, like, I like I didn't know if, if he was supposed to be slicing her 
or if he would just for some reason drawing a line across her because there was clearly a mark on her after he did it, but it didn't look like blood, you know, and, so who knows? And then I need you to explain what happens here. So he takes out a pair of pliers. Yeah. And he puts it in her mouth. Right. What does he do with it? I don't. I don't know because he pulls them out and there's like a like a spit line. There's a spit line of blood. But like like I don't know if he was supposed to have been taking out her tongue or pulling out a tooth. We don't see a tongue or a tooth, so Yeah, there's nothing in the pliers, just spit and or, blood. Or that little thing that hangs in the back of your throat? The uvula? The uvula? Um yeah. and then it just ends. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> So remember that warning at the beginning of the movie? Um, yeah. Then I got to be honest. We've been knocking the the cinematic efforts on display here, the the directorial skill, but we really get an amazing transition here. We get a hubcap, and the camera slowly zooms out from it. And um, hey, you work you work with what you have. And we see our heavy metal killer walking around with his big hammer. Uh, we see him open up the trunk of a car and put the hammer in there. Is there something else we're supposed to be looking at in this trunk, Mo? I have no idea. I think there might be like body parts, but it's too dark to see. See, I think I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, all I know is he grabs the hammer, he puts it in the trunk and then he drives off. Yes. Right. Yeah. He drives off. He gets in the car. He drives off because he, he has a purpose. He, he has something he needs to do. And what that he's got. Yes. Let's hear Go it. Ahead. I was going to say, he's got a date. He's got a he's date, got a with, date a with a tough guy. With a t- with that white shirted tough guy from earlier. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> The white shirt guy is just wandering around in the dark. <laughs> As you do. And the heavy metal killer arrives in his car, and it suddenly switches to purple vision. Of course. Because they, they haven't used that color yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the heavy metal killer takes out his big hammer. He wallops the white shirt guy from behind. Then he kicks him a few times. There's a, there's a filter over all of this. It looks fucking terrible. It's awful. And so the guy, the white shirt guy kind of falls on his ass... And he's bleeding a bit, and he's just kind of moaning, and then this happens. You try to guess from these sound effects what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta give our white shirted friend. Credit, he can wail quite well. He gives it his all. So uh, he got chainsawed is what happened. It does not look good, but it is a real chainsaw. I do give the movie a little bit of credit because at this scene we can almost see it. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> also, I have to give it credit in that uh, almost all the promotional shots for this movie, it does show our lead character with a chainsaw, and it would have been a real shame if he didn't actually have a chainsaw in the movie. Right. Then we get more images of the city, Mo. <laughs> And this is where, 45 minutes into the movie or so, I suddenly realized that this is like a 15-minute short film stretched to 85 minutes. Oh, you have no idea. There's like there's like a 30-second or 40-second part here, which is just people driving by a stop sign. Just just footage yeah. of cars driving. That's all it is. There, there is, I mean, like this movie, like I wonder if the Guinness Book of World Records has a, a world record for most amount of filler in a movie <laughs> because I really feel like this one would be in contention for that title. There is a ridiculous amount of when when I okay. So after the 6 minute mark, 
where we finally get into the movie proper, I um <laughs> I went into I went to see exactly how long this movie was, and my jaw hit the floor when I saw that this movie was an hour and twenty minutes. I'm like You've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, this movie should have been 40, 40 minutes tops. 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 And that, and that would still be with an unprecedented amount of filler. Yes. Good so, God. So this is a very important scene. This is the return of our female characters. One is the coke addict. The other one's her friend. Um, so so le- we have it straight. So Shauna. Shauna. Shauna is the good-natured friend who has purchased a... She says an outfit, but really it's just a necklace. Yeah, she, yeah, a and that medallion. And the coke addict is Lisa. Okay, so it's Shauna and Lisa. Shauna has purchased this necklace, and Lisa sees it, and she's very jealous. She's like, "Can I wear it out tonight?" And um, and Shauna says that she can, but she wants her to take it easy tonight. And Lisa mm-hmm. goes, "I'll try. I'll try. I'll try just for you, Shauna." Yeah, there's like a little argument back and forth about um. You know, like her wearing the necklace out because she's like, look, I just bought it. I wanted to wear it. He goes, yeah, but I let you wear those, you know, those yeah. spike stiletto, yeah. Yeah. whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's important cool stuff. It's important because everything that it's going to happen now uh, kind of hinges on the fact that we know what that necklace is and who it belongs right. to and all that shit. But it's fucking nonsense. <laughs> yeah. But what isn't nonsense is the case that the chief and Goober, what's his name? I can't remember. Bruno. Bruno. That's right. Bruno uh, the Chief, the, W-H-O-G, the, the, the alter ego of Bruce Willis, Bruno. Right, right. <laughs> They're inside a lab. And this lab includes my second favorite character in the movie, the crotchety lab man. <laughs> he is also my second favorite movie, character in the movie. <laughs> and what's great about him, there's a couple of great things. One is his delivery, which is terrific. Yeah. One is that he screws up every single line he Screws says. up every line. and he's, Every single one. Very, very visibly reading his lines off of the piece of paper that is on the wall because he looks up and reads from it as the scene <laughs> is ongoing. So they, uh, the, the cops are talking to this guy. He's giving them basically a lab report. Um, and uh, this is what happens. Yeah, it's one of the worst cases of excessive brutality I've ever seen. They had to cut the guy back in seven bags. Hey, Doc, you sure had your work cut out for you last night, huh? You can say that again, Bruno. You can say that again, Bruno. But that's just a lead-up to the main event. <laughs> They're just talking about the, all these bodies. And let's listen to our actor here try to get out the line, these bodies have been viciously mutilated. Talk uh, that prostitute a few weeks ago. You think the same guy could have pulled both of these killings? Without a doubt, these bodies have been viciously mutilated. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this before. Just what I thought. <laughs> so they've these connected it. These bodies have been viciously mu- mutilated. Mutilated with a big hammer. Um, <laughs> God, he sounds like late in life Jack Klugman. <laughs> Wasn't, I think maybe in Blood Cult... There's a character that's just like this, right? A guy who oh, arrives yeah, at the yeah, scene yeah. has a really rough voice. Hey, I think there's a killer on the loose around here. Um, so this guy, we never see him again, unfortunately. But this tells us that there's a connection between all the murders, which we already knew and the cops already suspected. But we need to get the 85 fucking minutes in this thing. 
<laughs> yeah, they talk about it. So they spend a few minutes talking about how much they hate reporters and how they want to keep the details quiet and out of the press so, so they don't get out. Yeah, but, but they, like, like they, they spend way too much time just talking about bullshit. Hey, at least it isn't a slow pan of a fucking painting or something. You know what? I'll give it credit. I'll give it credit. It's At least it's not a slow pan of a digital effect of a painting. <laughs> so back at the ladies' house, they're getting ready to go out that night. Uh, which means, of course, emptying an entire fucking bottle of hairspray <laughs> into sure. their hair. Uh, and it's there's really nothing to it. One of them is nervous. I think Lisa is nervous about going out because of the horrible murders that have been taking place. Um, and this whole part, in, in like the room has, there's like no furniture. It's just like a white room. It just, it looks <laughs> like something out of like New Wave hookers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It really does, yeah, actually. That is such a good comparison. Yes. <laughs> So now we get the sexiest part of the entire movie. There's the dumb kind of cartoon filter over this part. And Mm -hmm. it is a close up of his junk. Of course. As he's pulling his pants up for reasons I can't even fucking imagine why we're doing this. But it's a close up of him pulling up his pants over his underwear and doing them up and then attaching a belt around himself. By the way, the belt purely ornamental. Not used, yeah. not even attached to his pants in any way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in my notes, I say here, I say we watch him get dressed in real time. Yes. Then he puts on a pair of gloves uh, and then he puts on a ring and then the filters go from like bright red to bright purple. Mm-hmm. It's fucking idiotic. <laughs> oh. Then we go to the dungeon, Mo. The dungeon. Bum, bum, bum. And our uh, our roommates, uh, Lisa and Shauna, they're just sitting there talking about how hot some of the guys are. Just the regular kind of things that you would be talking about. Sure. Uh, and in fact, I think Ace might be in the scene as well. Uh, in the I, background Yeah, yeah, somewhere. I think he is. I think he is, yeah. So in case we weren't sure, the camera does a slow zoom right into the, her necklace. <laughs> which, <laughs> which also shows a little bit of cleavage because why not? Why not? Uh, Shauna goes to use the bathroom. Leaving Lisa all by herself, and then she's approached by the heavy metal killer, who again has so much charisma because he says this. Yeah, like what? This. So, let me explain what was happening there. <laughs> For one thing, there were tons and tons of fucking people talking in the background, so you could barely hear what was said. Yeah. He offers her cocaine. Of course. And she says that she shouldn't because of her friend. And then he says, you know, what, you know, why not, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and she eventually gives in and says, okay, let's go to your place. Leaving her friend yeah. without even telling her where she's going. Well, in you know, in fairness to her, she suggests that they do a line there. Yeah, that's right. Now, he, now he's now he's already whipped out the bag of coke. Yes, like in fucking public. You know, but now he's all of a sudden worried about doing a line in the bathroom. You know, so he's like, "Let's go back to my place." Now, obviously, it's a ploy to get her back so he can kill her. We right. get this. He's the killer. We get it. He also uses it's the still idiotic. He also uses what really a sweet pickup line. Which involves him taking cocaine, putting some on his finger, and rubbing it on the inside of her mouth. <laughs> Works every time. <laughs> yeah. 
So they start to leave, and her necklace to get high. Her necklace falls off, uh, and he he picks it up, and he's like, "Hey, this is really cool." <laughs> and uh, she's like, "Oh, I you know I got to have that back because it's my friend's, and she'll be pissed if I lose it." And he's like, "I'll keep it in a safe place," and he puts it in his pocket. Yeah, I'm sure that won't come back to haunt him in any way. And in fact, it really sure. doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, it's the smartest thing he does in the entire fucking movie. <laughs> So then we see a building, uh, and it's supposed to, I guess, be his apartment, but it, it's using uh, day for night. Um, it's basically just a darkened image of a daytime uh, building, and there's right. a fake thunderstorm going on, represented by a white filter that happens every couple of seconds, and yeah, the noise got, of lightning. Yeah, Of all the digital stupid effects in this movie, that's the one that actually made me like laugh. You know, there's some real horrible shit in this, but that one, like, it was just so fucking ridiculous. I loved it. So this, there's a lot of, there's a lot of amazing things to unpack here. So for one thing, once we see inside the apartment, he has now added a dumb headband to his ensemble, sure. uh, which means that he came back to his apartment and invited her in and then put a fucking headband on. <laughs> <laughs> So they do some coke, and she goes, wow, that's good stuff. And he goes, there's plenty more where that came from. And then he says, let's play a game. You know, like uh, the guy from the Saw movies. Right, right. <laughs> do, do you want to play a game? Yeah. So his game uh, uh, initially involves him just taking his shirt off and then asking her to take off all of his spiked gauntlets. Yeah. Like, I don't know when he put on, because I, I mean, because we just watched him in real time get dressed. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he didn't put any of that forearm shit on, you know, and now all of a sudden he's like up to the elbows in fucking gear. Well, now oh, let's hear a little back and forth between yes, our, two, please, let's. our two characters, because this gives you a lot of insight into the quality of the acting we have here. So tell me, you always dress like this? Depends on my yes, mood. thanks. Looked at the camera. <laughs> Why? Does it matter? No. It's just that you're so strange. I mean, that's the way you dress and this place that you live in. This isn't a fucking uniform. This is a way of life. <laughs> you have strong arms. You have strong arms. <laughs> he looks like... Like, look, I'm... There are people in this world who are built like Dave Bautista. There are people in this world who are built like Doug Jones, uh, the actor. Mm-hmm. This gentleman is closer to the Doug Jones sort of emaciated yeah. look. Yeah, and he's wearing a fucking completely ridiculous shirt. In my notes, I, just, I say he looks like a thin Andre the Giant. <laughs> You know, because he, he sounds like him has, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody want a peanut? Um, so he, so it's you know, so it's like one of those singlet type things where it just goes over the one shoulder. <laughs> like it's not covering anything except for like that one scrap of where there's fabric. It's fucking hilarious. So he puts this a bandana over her eyes. This is the game that he wants to play, and then he leads her into his warehouse. <laughs> she seems skeptical since she's only known the guy for like 20 minutes but she but lets she him do she still tries it. to fuck him she, well she does and she's she's DTF before this even happens oh yeah um, so he brings her into the warehouse she wanders around a bit uh, he lets her touch a car for some reason and she says quite cleverly 
is this a car? <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, as just when she's starting to get sick of the whole thing, he sits her down in a chair, and then he uh, handcuffs her to it, and then takes off the bandana, and she realizes she's in big trouble. Mm-hmm. He then grabs his giant hammer, <laughs> and she does protest, which uh, makes him respond with, Let me go! Shut your fucking mouth, you little bitch. Please let me go. Shut up! Shut, Shut up! up. <laughs> like, turns into Howard Stern's dad for a second. Shut up! <laughs> so he grabs the hammer, and he puts a sheet over her head, and yeah. ties a rope around but like her whole body with the sheet on it. Now then this it's... scene, this effect could have been so fucking good. Yes, right. It, it, it this. I mean, because like I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, they put a sheet over her head so they can just swap out like a melon or something. Yeah, exactly. You know, something that's just gonna explode when he yeah, hits it with that it, fucking. And it and it doesn't fucking matter. You know, you just fill it with like red food coloring. You know, and and make it real super bloody and red. It could have been amazing. Nope. Nope. He hits it, and it's like it just collapses into nothing. Like it was full of yeah. garbage bags or something. Right, exactly. It's filled with, like, fucking fall leaves or something. But they shoot it in this slow motion that it's it's like it's treating it like it's the most vicious thing ever committed to videotape. And this is, like, the slowest slow motion in the entire movie. It takes it's like, forever. It's like that Pixies video for, um, I think it's... Uh, Valoria, the one where they're just running across the fucking oh, rocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like fifteen seconds of footage, um, and then we get Mo's favorite part of the whole movie, which is the digital blood transition running down the oh, screen. It's the best, the best. I love the fact that they transition to black and then do it again to bring up the next uh, the next scene. Oh. It's like something out of fucking Reading Rainbow or something. It's fucking glorious. <laughs> And then Shauna arrives at the police station, very concerned yes. about what happened to Lisa. This is supposed to be, like, the next day, I think. Because she says that her friend has vanished and that she didn't even show up to, like, work that day. Yeah, and they, t- they tell her to chill out because it hasn't even been 24 hours yet. Which I believe is the general, like, police uh, policy regarding missing people. That if they're not missing for a certain amount of time, they don't give a fuck. Right, right. They tell her to go home because, like, she might be there right now. She might be trying to call, and they she, she can't get through to you because you're here bothering us at the police station. <laughs> <laughs> so then a very, very important sequence. Our heavy metal killer goes to meet Ace once again, Ace the drug dealer. Mm-hmm. And uh, they basically just buy more cocaine off of him. And then before he leaves, he goes, oh, I got something you might like. And he gives the necklace to Ace. Ace's response is really kind of sweet, which he's like, he looks like genuinely touched. And he goes, it's real cool looking. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guy. (laughs) Congratulations. He just ruined your life. (laughs) I like how it's presented as if this is like a very smart, devious thing that the heavy metal killer is doing. Except how could he possibly know that any of this is going to work out like it works Mm -mm. out? (laughs) Not at all. So we go back to Shauna and Lisa's uh, apartment, and Shauna is sitting on her mattress on the floor next to a giant stuffed unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when someone knocks on the door. Who is it, Mo? Oh, it's Ace. 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 Ace comes in. 
And there's a with, huge boom mic. There's a boom mic too. that's so fucking visible he almost runs yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's 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 like it's like if this movie had been a parody, it would have been like like black dynamite fucking level quality with the boom mic. It, no, this it was right right there. I loved it. Oh, boom mic. So Ace Ace is there looking for Lisa because apparently he was the person who used to sell her drugs. So all of the plot lines are coming together. Shauna immediately sees the necklace around his neck and it makes her really suspicious. So she invites him in to try to get more information. Of course. And Ace, actually surprised that he's been invited in, he he then uh, tries to uh, seduce her in the only way he knows how. Do you want to do a couple of lines or anything? I know you don't do much drugs. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Um, do you mind waiting out here for a minute? I've got to use the bathroom. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you, want to, you want to do a couple of lines or anything? I mean, I know you don't do much drugs, but I mean, you know. Ace is amazing. And he's Ace amazing for a number of reasons, and we'll get to some of them in a little bit. So she goes to use the bathroom, but she's not using the bathroom at all, Mo. She's gone into her room to she call to the police. Call the cops. Yep. Uh, and we find out, by the way, at this point that the chief, the other guy, uh, the cop, his name is Reese. But let's forget that. Who gives a shit? Yeah. So she says that there's a man in an apartment who has a medallion. They're skeptical at first. It's like, well, lots of people have medallions. And they're like, no, this one is very unique because it looks so fucking stupid. Yeah, because it's a bat. Because <laughs> I've never seen a bat necklace before. <laughs> Oh my god, did you say it's a bat necklace? Whoa, that's unique. We so, better come right now. So they say they're, they're going to hurry over, but they ask her to stall him. So I it, mean, honestly, she could have just said, there's a guy in my apartment trying to sell me drugs. Yeah, right? And they probably would have responded fast. It's the late 80s. The war on drugs was continuing. Right? <laughs> uh, Look, there's a guy here with a lot of coke on him. <laughs> Can't by the way, come and arrest him. she's invited him in, and he seemed like... Perfectly fine with coming in. So getting him yeah. to stick around for like 15 minutes shouldn't have been such a hard thing to do. It shouldn't have. Yeah, exactly. It Particularly not have because she is willing to go as far as to try to seduce him to keep him there. Right, right, right. So he's just wandering around. And as soon as she comes out, he goes, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so then she – and by the way, he's like a guy that everyone seems to know. So just let him leave. It's easy, easy right. to find. Yeah. Just, like, you know he'd be walking directly to the dungeon. By the way, if you talked to a police officer and you said, you know, a guy I suspect to be a serial murderer has come into my apartment, their general response isn't going to be, try to keep him there. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so so she comes on to him. She goes, you know, I've always liked you. And uh, then he, at first, is like, wow, I, you know, he, he's very surprised. And he's like, wow, I'm going to, like, move into this. But as soon as he starts pawing her, she stops him, and he gets very upset about it. Now, I've edited two parts together here, but they're only <laughs> seconds apart from each other. So let's right, listen right, right. to their entire relationship. Not so fast. What's wrong, I thought? I want it to be good. Don't rush it. Look, I don't have time to play fucking games, all right? Look, I gotta go. Fuck you. Ace! Ace! 
There is nothing better than a, than a Long Islander saying, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck so, you. There's like three H's in there. <laughs> so instead of playing, like, instead of any foreplay at all, he decides to just leave because he doesn't want to yeah. play games. <laughs> and he goes, fuck you, and just walks off, and the camera just stays on him as he walks into the darkness forever. <laughs> then it Don't goes pixelated like like a fucking uh, a stupid, like, transition. Yeah. And then what happens, Mo? Uh, well, the cops catch up to Ace. and so, he, Apparently. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because you hear them go, hold it, or something like that. Freeze! But you and can't he, tell for sure because... It's no. impossible to see what the fuck is going on. Right, exactly. And he bolts because that's what you do when you're probably carrying a felony amount of <laughs> narcotics on you. And and are and almost he... certainly a known drug dealer. Yeah, and you're a known drug dealer and gets hit by a car. So he so he gets hit by a car. It's... But that's not the best part. The what? best part is the spin wipe that happens <laughs> afterwards. So in a horrifically edited scene. He gets oh, hit yeah, by a terrible. car. Now Shauna is driving that car, I believe. She is, is she? in fact. Yeah, she. Oh. There's a like a instant moment that shows her getting into a car to to I guess go after him, and she ends up hitting him, which is sadly ironic. Uh, <laughs> and then the screen shows his dead body. The screen goes red. Then the whole image starts flipping around. Oh, it's the best horizontally. And it is the dumbest, lamest, weirdest shit you will ever see. Yeah, yeah. It, it's shit that's so embarrassing that I probably wouldn't have used it for my final project of video production class. <laughs> uh, using a lot of effects. Maybe leaning too heavily on that, young Mo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, because I, I, Shauna then is like, she's there and she's like crying, saying like, I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean to do it. I think that's what we're supposed to think is that she ended up hitting him. Um, I guess. Okay. It's a little hard to say for sure. Anyway, the cops arrive and they're just standing over his corpse smoking as as why not? He's he's twitching by the way. His corpse twitches because that happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Then an ambulance and fire truck arrive, Mo. Sure. Do you recall this happening? I remember them spending a lot of time dealing with this accident, like way more than they needed to. My understanding in fact, my notes my in fact my notes say how is this helping the story? I uh, did a little research on this movie. My understanding is that in order to get this footage of the ambulance and fire truck, they actually called for an ambulance. Uh, they made like a false call in order to get the footage wow. for this movie. Jesus Christ. So uh, that's fucking horrible. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> so that, so yeah, you, it just lingers on it forever. Uh, the the cop puts Shauna in uh, her car and she leaves, which is strange if she did end up just killing that guy. Yeah, that's um, still vehicular homicide. Also, she seems incredibly traumatized by the whole thing. Or or at least manslaughter. <laughs> so the next day, we get more rockin' music. And we see a shot of this guy leaving the police station and driving off. Has nothing to do with the movie. We just see him nope. slowly leave, get into a car, and drive. Then we go inside the police station where they're going over Ace's record. And this is where we discover, by the way, that, um, that Ace has a long uh, rap sheet. And they think he's the killer. Yeah. This is what they say. So this is what you should listen to in this listen for in this quote. He, the, the chief is going to say, I know that son of a bitch was capable of heinous killings. Right, Mo? You know that term, heinous? I do. Well, let's see if this gentleman knows the term. <laughs> that son of a bitch had a record a mile long. 
Yeah, and then he fucking lost it. Well, we got his just desserts. I knew that son of a bitch was capable of heinous killings. <laughs> Jesus. I wonder if we stumble across any more bodies. Yeah, I wonder if they were trying to do a pun there. dead one. You mean high as in cocaine high? Yeah, 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 because he was a drug dealer. That's so a I mean, fucking like, stretch upon stretch. Oh, it's a huge stretch. I'm giving them way more credit than they probably deserve. <laughs> so, okay. But in my head, in my head, I would rather say, I think they're trying to make a pun here than this guy just has, does not know how to pronounce the word heinous. So we're 75 minutes into this movie, Mo. Yeah. There's like seven, over. seven or eight minutes left. We can encompass what happens next in a very short amount of time. <laughs> yeah, like you two minutes done. So the cops, they're done. Yeah. Case closed. They think they yep. found the guy. Yep. We go back to the dungeon. Um, and it's full of people, big haired women chatting while like, this this part has a weird soundtrack to it, it's like acoustic music playing. Sure. Our heavy metal killer is just leaning against the wall. We get a series of weird like video effects of a close up of his foot tapping. Sure. And then I think we're supposed to I think it's Shauna who is who is in the bar again. It it is in fact Shauna, yep. The metal dude approaches her, they walk off together, and he looks at the camera, a la the end of the thriller video by Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> and then the image goes spinning off of the frame. <laughs> Well, there's and, and there's like a real quick transition to a shot of the torture room, right? Yeah, because that's that's what's that's what's going to happen to Shauna. That's what's in her future. And then we we once again get that get that stupid digital blood effect oh. at, uh, over that image, <laughs> and then we get the closing credits while shitty music plays. It is outspan out, outspanning. It is outstanding. <laughs> it is an incredible. It's like the movie, it's like, it's, it's like, instead of it ending, it's just like, someone said, okay, we're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's almost literally how it feels. <laughs> There's no more that we have, so we'll just end it. <laughs> yeah. You know? My God. It is, uh, I would say, not satisfying, but, no. but the thing is, none of the movie is, so, uh, so that's that. That's like, Heavy I Metal kinda, Massacre. I, I kind of almost want to, like, as a pet project, like, take this movie and re-edit it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because I guarantee you it would only be 20 minutes long. Yeah. I mean, it would still and be bad. And, and, I, and I'd still, oh yeah, it would still be shit. That's not the point. The point is, like, at least, but here's the thing, and we've talked about this before. Shit is tolerable up to a certain point. We can watch an hour long shit movie and still probably get some enjoyment out of it, you know, but you, but that extra 20 minutes is, uh, is more than enough to make you want to rip the remaining hair out of your head and, and, you know, shoot yourself in the foot or something. It's just, it, it's just, it's torture. We would be remiss if we didn't mention that in the closing credits, we, uh, we get introduced to the actors who played a lot of these characters and that <laughs> Ace our slow-witted drug dealer character, the Patsy, he is played by, in quotations, preteen Steve Murphy. Right. Why and did- I, I, pay, I paid homage to that in our little recording session today. <laughs> the program that we use allows you to give yourself a name. So my name in this one is preteen Mo Porn. <laughs> 
Why do you think his nickname is preteen? I would imagine it has to do with his taste in women. <laughs> Which is fucking disturbing as shit. Well, yeah, but if you've ever seen Heavy Metal Parking Lot, you know it happens. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's <laughs> garbage. You? Oh, I'm 12. You know, yeah. Th- there's nothing else notable about the closing credits. Uh, it's nope. just it's just the end of the movie. Uh, and with that is the end of Heavy Metal Massacre. Um, <laughs> Heavy Metal Massacre. <laughs> what did you think, Mo? Um, well, I'll let my final note on the uh, on here uh, descri- you know say my opinion for me. Uh, it's two simple words. This sucked. Yeah, it's. Uh... But here's the thing, though, and and I'll give it the credit it's due, which is not much. If I was watching this with a group of friends and we were yeah. very drunk, absolutely, I I probably would have had a much more fun time with it than sitting by myself taking copious. Notes. Absolutely, yeah, look, this is the yeah. kind of movie that people actually watch a lot of shot on video cinema for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, we 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 approach these movies with the hope that they're going to have a little more to offer than what this right, does. Exactly. Be- because even though they're still fun to watch with a group of friends and blah, 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 they should still be at least somewhat fun to watch on their own, you know, like by yourself. I mean, like even the room I could watch by myself. Right. Of course. This, this I don't know if I would watch this by myself again. So Mo, on a scale of winger <laughs> to Mastodon, <laughs> how metal is ha- heavy metal massacre? Oh, this is Striper all the way. <laughs> Do you think there's supposed to be yellow a- and black attack to hell with the devil? Do you think that there's like a moralistic message here about the dangers of drug abuse? I don't think there's any message here because all the people related to this cocaine fiendishness they uh, they're all bad people. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not really, there's not really much in terms in terms of redeemable characters in this film. I mean, the the cops are even the cops are kind of shit. You know, um, maybe the guy who can't pronounce, who can't finish any of his lines properly. He was, he was okay. Yeah. I like that guy. Yeah. I like that guy. That's it, Mo. That's all I have to say about heavy metal massacre, but yeah, I got, I got nothing else. We're officially back. We've, we've now completed a, a film on no budget nightmares, Mo. If before we move on to where people can get more episodes of our show, maybe we should talk about what we're going to cover on the next episode. Yeah, let's let's do that. Now, Mo, I did uh, suggest a film to you. <laughs> I love the fact that you posted uh, a <laughs> screen chat? grab of our conversation in the group. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling. I really had a feeling that was going to happen. So I'm well, really I'm glad it did. We had already uh, announced Heavy Metal Massacre for this episode, so certainly we had to cover it. But because we just returned after a long absence, I wanted to do something special, Mo. And uh-huh. because of that, I recommended that we t- cover. Joe Castro's Terror Tunes 2. Yep. For our and next I shot episode. that shit down post haste. He shot it down. My baby shot it down. I, I didn't even have to think about it for a second. It was you I saw that message and I said, Nope. Not happening. Well Joe Castro is persona non grata with this show. I do not want to cover any of his films ever. Wow. I mean, th- yeah. we, we don't have a lot of rules here on No Budget Nightmares, but if that's if that's what Mo feels, then that's what we're going to do. <laughs> look, 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 I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm a pretty you know easygoing guy when it comes to people you know doing stuff with my likeness, and I probably shouldn't say that on the show. 
uh, fan art appreciated but, here on No but, Budget but Nightmares. I, but I said it. I said it. You know, I'll stick with it. But when it comes to maliciously photoshopping my face into gay porn, probably a little too far for me. Some would take it as a compliment, and that's how I think you should. Well, you know, and the funny thing I do think, by the way, that the legal threats were more of a concern. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely they were. Yeah, no joke they were. You know, and and that's the other thing, too, is like, I don't, that's a can of worms that I just don't want to open again. I know it's been years since that episode happened, but I have this weird feeling like that, that this dude like listens to every one of our shows just on the off chance that we say something that he can come right back into it with, you know? Well, he does seem that fucking crazy. So, (laughs) hey, that's exactly the kind of thing he'd be listening for. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he, he walked off that show face off and then fucking made a documentary. A documentary that no one in the world could possibly care about yeah <laughs> i need i need i really need to watch that by the way it's called frankenfake just yeah, for anybody interested. it is uh maybe i wonder wonder who released it anyway <laughs> because uh, because mo shot that down we had to pick a movie whose title represents something that apparently mo is missing <laughs> it's 1986's spine Oh, uh, oh! I, I see what you're doing there. That's you're, very funny. Without a spine, because uh, dickhead. Of yeah. <laughs> so the director of Spine directors are John Howard and Justin Simmons. 1986 shot on video Spine, a film I have not seen. Whose tagline is, "He is looking for Linda, and that could be anybody." <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! Oh, not see now. I'm kind of almost excited to watch it. <laughs> well, let's see if you can maintain that excitement, Mo. If people want to check out more episodes of No Budget Nightmares, Mo, how should they do that? Oh, well, obviously they were going to want to go onto the Facebook. Uh, they're going to want to do a search for No Budget Nightmares, or they can just go Facebook.com/slash No Groups slash No Budget Nightmares, all one word. That's probably the best bet. Yes. And of course, you can uh, go over to dorkshelf.com to see our latest episodes. If you want to go over to nobudgetpodcast.com, you can check out all of our older archived episodes. You can also subscribe via iTunes. Please leave us a review if you get a chance. We also have a Patreon, which we're going to return to (laughs) get more attention to in the very near future. You can support us. There's a link over at nobudgetpodcast.com. We actually have some recent people who have uh, who have contributed through there, and I want to make sure that we nice. get their names out. Um, and a couple people dropped off as well, which is understandable after two months' absence. But we'll let, we're, we're going to catch up on everything, we promise. We also have some – we've been planning for a while to do a couple of special things for our Patreon audience, and we'll be doing that in the very near future. So if you want to get on board, this would be the time. We are back. There's no doubt about we, it. Yeah, we're, no, we're back. I Mo- want to – Try to get back onto the every two week schedule like we were attempting to do before, you know, and see how it goes. Mo, what's the uh, prognosis on your other podcast? Uh, well, I mean, I want to. I, I need to talk to Brandon about it, but I mean, it still exists. I don't. I. I wasn't planning on shutting it down. Sure. Uh, I just, you know, like, like basically the way I'm gonna have to do this because of how odd you know, like dealing with this is, is I, I'm kind of going to have to figure out a way to record everything kind of on one day. Right. You know, so it's going to be, it's going to be weird. Well, maybe, and, maybe we can like all work together on that to make sure that there's a day that's best for right, you and right, just, and, exactly. uh, and schedule it that way because that, that, yeah. And, if, and I, and, and you know, and right now I'm currently unemployed, so I need to find a job. And then once I have a job, then everything could possibly change. So everything's kind of in limbo right now, but for right now, you know, like sticking to the every other week schedule shouldn't be an issue. Well, I'm going to keep on, Mo, to make sure it happens. That's what that's yeah, 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 my yeah. plan, sir. Yeah. yeah. 
it. You can also find my other podcast, Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, about the work and life of one Mr. Eric Roberts over at ericrobertsistheman.com. I co-host that podcast with Liam O'Donnell. You can also find that on Twitter at E-R-I-T-F-M. Speaking of Twitter, you can find Mo on Twitter at DrunkOnVHS, all one word. Sure. And you can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E. E. Why? Why? Mo, have you watched any good films lately? Uh, yeah, I've seen a couple. Uh, oh. I finally watched... I mean, I haven't been watching a lot of movies, to be honest. I've been mostly watching, like, television shows and stuff. So, like, right now, uh, the current season of Drag Race is on, so I'm yeah. kind of embroiled in, 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 in that, and that's been a lot of fun. I think. Hey, I'm Mo, what is up with that, right now. that British uh, drag queen who just didn't try during the lip sync? The British drag she, queen? She was older. Oh, Charlie? Charlie Hines? Yeah. Yeah, she just, like, gave up during the lip sync. Well, you know, her thing was that she's not a lip sync artist. Yeah, she says she, 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 she sings live, but come on. That's yeah, a she's an actual singer. And I agree. I think that's 100% a cop-out, and she should have stuck with it. Um, but, hey, you know, you you write your own destiny. <laughs> Mo Porn says, you write your own destiny. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, so as far as actual movies I've watched, uh, I watched... Uh, uh, mother or Matteo, depending on mother. Who. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, that was great. I, I actually watched that on the flight to uh, uh, from Connecticut to Florida. Nice. Uh, that was that was really good. I finally. I don't know if I've mentioned that or that I've watched Rogue One yet, but I finally watched that. You liked it. Uh, I liked it a lot. I mean, like the you know, it's a little slow to begin with, but that last half hour is just something else, man. My heart was pounding like a mile a minute. Uh, the action was great. I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a bit fan servicey, but I've only seen it once. Maybe I need to. Return. And I'm and I, but you see, that's the thing is, I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> you know, because uh, because uh, Force Awakens was fan servicey too. And yeah, I but I felt like it was like well. it was a bridge too far, especially when it showed C three PO and R two D two in that. Right, point. right. I mean, come on. No, I, I I get it. Come I, on, end, I say, Mo. Come on. Yeah, come that, that, on. F- that final scene was a bit much. They probably could have done away with that and it would have been fine because everybody knows what happens to the fucking you know plans we know what happens everybody's seen a new hope so it's fine you know they don't they didn't need to show the digital leia you know but uh, but i enjoyed it i i thought it was good anything else now no believe it or not those are the those are literally the only two <laughs> new movies i've watched in the last two months how fucking crazy is that i watched the human centipede three Oh, how I've heard nothing but bad things about that. Well, there's a reason for that, Mo. It's fucking it's awful. fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's no, it's it's not good. But Eric Roberts is in it, so you can see why I watched it. Um, mm-hmm. I also watched "Stop Making Sense" as a tribute to the uh, the sadly departed Jonathan Demme, a very very good director. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And one of the 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 finest of of concert movies ever even if you're not a fan of talking heads but guess what i am so that makes it even better for me yeah no i should probably do that myself because i haven't seen stop making sense in ages and i i am a big talking heads fan so you know yeah i'll probably watch that soon you do it son (laughs) (laughs) thanks dad (laughs) but with that said mo i think we need to uh to if we don't finish this mo we're just going to keep talking forever and people will just they'll wander off and we need them to keep (laughs) we need them to keep interested in what we have to say Right, and we're and I think we're about ten minutes past that point, so we should probably. Uh, 
Oh, I always get the impression that no one gives a shit about all of this stuff at the end of the episode anyway. So, which is funny because this is like my favorite part of the episode every every time. It's <laughs> like when, just... when we talk when we talk about everything other than the movie we were stuff that we're legitimately enthusiastic about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not fucking heavy metal master. What? Yeah, you know, I decided maybe twelve episodes that I don't really care for shot on videos. <laughs> 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 I'm yeah, just kidding. Like, we're just doing it out of spite at this point. You know, we don't even care about these fucking movies. We just want to talk about the other stuff afterwards. We're kidding, of course. We want more. I'm kidding, of course, yeah. We no, want we... more. So go over to our Facebook group and su- suggest uh, movies for the future. We also have our 100th episode rapidly approaching. I need to ma- start making some plans in regards to that, actually. We should. We should make some like some real serious plans for what we're going to do for the 100th episode. Yeah, we'll, we can just say that to each other, Mo, but that's not actually making plans. That's just us saying we no, should. No, I know. I know. But maybe we should actually do that. I mean, like, what episode was this? What number was this? This is 91, I believe. Something okay, so we've, so we've got, you know, somewhere between... Three to you know, five years. <laughs> yeah. We've got a little while to... To, to really plan something. But that's stuff to do off mic and we'll get it done. No, let's talk right. about it right now. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. All right, so here's what, here's what I'm thinking. No. On the next episode of No Budget Nightmares, 1986's <laughs> Spine. 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 We'll be back in just a couple of weeks, I promise, with Spine. And fuck Joe Castro. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, folks. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Talk to uh, that prostitute a few weeks ago. You think the same guy could have pulled both of these killings? Without a doubt. These bodies have been viciously mutilated. I've never seen anything like this before. Just what I thought. <laughs>